Hey everyone, welcome back to Dad Space. Uh, we are going to talk money today, and I love talking about this because I think as dads, we need to set the stage in our homes, in our lives, personally, and for our family and our community on how we deal with money. And today I got Brad Nelson on from debtfreedad.com and an amazing podcast that I'm totally in love with. You're going to love this podcast because um, when you listen, you hear great advice, great practical things you can do. You hear testimonials from listeners on a journey to to find some freedom financially. And I just love listening to Brad and his team on the show. And I'm thrilled that he has time to spend time with us. So Brad, welcome to Dad Space. Glad to have you here. Hey, thanks, David. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. Excited to talk, talk about this today. This is great. This is great. Your podcast is amazing. And I've been sharing it with my friends and my family telling them all to listen. So you're going to get some more listens in Canada. So I'm doing my best above the border here to help you. I appreciate that. You know, it's interesting uh, talking about podcasting and, and and I know we were got into talking about this, but we were just told recently by a company that we were looking at hiring to help us with our podcast that Canada is like a big podcasting area. Like there's a lot of people, a lot of listeners. In fact, one of our top ranked sections for our podcast is always out of Canada, which I love. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. I'm helping to drive those numbers up. I, I'm again. I just love your show. I love the spirit of your show. I don't feel like you're you're preaching at me and you know giving me my my five steps and kind of angrily making me do the things. You're here to coach and come and support, and you surround us with such great advice and lived experience as well. Yeah, from yourself, your your co-host, and your listeners. It's just a well-rounded picture all around and. I don't know, there's just something about your podcast. Again, when you hit play, there's a spirit about it. There's something there that it's hard to define, but very welcoming. So yeah. I love it. Just keep go doing what you're doing. It's great. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, one of the reasons why we started that show was really just to, you know, open up the conversation about money. You know, I think for for a lot of people, money is a very taboo topic. It's a very could be shameful, could be some embarrassment around it. Um, a lot of emotion around money. And I think for for too many people, you know, there's there's not an outlet to really get around other people that have just messed it up, you know. And a lot of us have messed it up, and you know, we're so quick to talk on social media and share on social media all the all the wins or the the things that we've purchased. But the reality is, a lot of a lot of people are just struggling behind closed doors. And and I think that's that's the idea behind the show is number one is to say that hey, it's it's okay, like that you didn't get it right. It's okay that you made a lot of mistakes. I've made a lot of mistakes when it came to money. And I lived paycheck to paycheck for many years, very broke. And a lot of our co-hosts, actually every single one of them did the same thing. And and we're all just here to show you that, you know, no matter what your age is, no matter what you do for a living, no matter how much money you make, no matter how much debt you have, like things can get better. It, it, can, it takes hard work. It takes some, some major changes that you want to, that you might have to make. And, but the reality is, is like, you don't have to live that way. And you can, you can make those changes. Things can get better. You can actually have money in the bank. You can actually, uh, feel less stress. And and that's the idea behind the show is really just to give people this opportunity of like, there there is a different way of going about some of this stuff. The beautiful thing too, is you have a community built around the podcast and what you do as well. So can you talk a little bit about that? Because I, I find that really amazing who you interact with and, and how you do community. Yeah. So I think what we've done over, you know, number one thing I always wanted to do when we started this business was to really make a big deal about the small changes that you can make. And that's what we do. I think that's one of the reasons why our community is, has been growing over the years. It's continued to grow. It's one of the reasons our podcast has become so popular, especially this past year, is because we are such we make such a big deal about the little changes that are being made. I don't care if it's a, a you save ten bucks this week. I, I don't. It's all about creating new habits, new choices, making new behaviors, shifting that mindset, and and that is where the results come from over time. And you know, I think all too often, like you know, we talked before we hit record, you know, you listen to some of these bigger shows and they talk and they get into these, these big ideas about like investing and inflation and all this other, you know, stuff that's going on around the world, which uh, yeah, I get that that does play a role in your personal finances to a certain extent. But the reality is, is, you know, if you're a normal everyday family, you know, being able to save an extra hundred bucks one week, I mean, that's a huge win. You know, we, we want to recognize that. And I think that's, that's what's really created the community. Another big part of it is we're really big on support and accountability. And, I think that's where a lot of people struggle with getting out of debt. It's the idea behind getting out of debt is pretty simple. The idea of, or the principles of personal finance are pretty simple principles. They're not very hard to understand. 
doing the work is hard because it takes consistency. It takes discipline. And for a lot of people, it takes some time. Like if you think about where you're at financially, if you say you have debt, you didn't wake up and just all of a sudden have that debt. It, it took you quite a while to get to where you are. And, and the reality is, is when we want to get out, we feel like it should just happen overnight. And that's just that's just not going to happen. So we have really kind of embraced the whole support and accountability side of it. It's like, look, we want to kind of hold your hand through this. We want to take you through this process. We want to walk with you through the journey because it's hard learning to be patient, uh, learning to say no, um, sticking with things, not falling off the wagon. Like all of those things are, are really kind of the hard parts about getting out of debt. And that's what a lot of these books and a lot of these, you know, financial secrets out there, these blueprints to success. Yeah, none of that stuff really talks about any of those things, but that's the reality of where the results come from is, is being willing to change those behaviors, habits, choices, and then stick with it long enough to be able to reach those financial goals. And that's why I believe like if you're willing to put in the work and really harness that support and accountability, I think anybody with, with the way that we go about it can really improve their finances. Now, as everyone going to go through it a certain way? Is it going to take everyone a different amount of time based on their tools and resources and things that they can? Yeah, absolutely. But I've seen so many people in so many dire situations, people literally days from being on the street, being kicked out of their house to doing the stuff that we're talking about. And within a year, they they are in a completely different place. You know, so I mean, it, yeah. the, the reality is things can be so much better for so many people with the stuff that we're doing. And I think once we started sharing it, people started doing it. People started sharing the results. It's like, you know, these are just normal everyday people. So if, if they can do it, we can do it. You know, you can do it too. And we're just, we're here to support you along the way. And yeah, mo- that momentum picks up as like a big stone rolling down a hill. Absolutely. You know, just get faster and faster as things happen, right? But yep, yeah, you got to take those first few steps. Yeah. And that's, and that's right. the reality. And a lot of us just need a little help to take those first few steps. You know, money's not hard. It's hard. You know, it's, it's not easy. This, you know, the, again, the principles are easy, but it, it's just, it's, it's hard work. You know, there's so much emotion in, in with money. You know, there's so much emotion with how we live our life with it. And, you know, just it, there's just so much there that I think most people just need a little bit of little handholding. I, I kind of compare it to a roller coaster, Dave, you know, you ever go on a roller coaster yeah. for your first time, you know, it's, it's very scary. You know, you're going up and down those hills and there's like, there's somewhat of an excitement, but then there's also terror involved, you know, and, yeah. and that's the way I kind of picture it. And it's like, Hey, I'm just here to ride with you on the roller coaster. I've been there. I've, I've walked this walk. I've helped thousands of other people do this now. And I just want to be here to kind of hold your hand down those hills and show you like, hey, yeah, it's going to be scary, but I'm sitting right here with you. And I've done this with so many other people. You're going to get through it just like all of them did. We're just going to we're just going to take you down the roller coaster. So, Brad, you could be doing a um, hundred other things rather than debt free dad. Yeah, you could be you could be doing all kinds of stuff that's really boosts you up and makes you lots of money and, and all these other things in life. But you're doing this. Why, why is this so important to you? Um, Because getting out of debt has been probably one of the single best things I've ever done for myself and for my family. And it's not to say, and, and people confuse that with saying like, well, money must be the most important thing to you. And it's not, it's like it, having control over my money allows me to focus on the most important things in my life. See, the reality is, is I was focusing on my money so much when I was broke. It was just always something. And money was something I always thought about. The debt was something I always thought about. The stress, I was always thinking about it. But now that I'm debt-free, I don't really even think about money all that much anymore because we've been doing this for so many years. Our budget is pretty much on repeat every single month outside of you know a few expenses here and there that might pop up. But we have everything kind of set up. Like It's taken us a while to get here. I don't think about money nearly as much anymore. And so the the dramatic changes that had on my life the stress levels the peace of mind being able to sleep at night um they were just so significant for me and it allowed me the opportunity to really dream some new dreams and really think about what other things i could do with my life because i didn't want to spend the rest of my life and everyone's goals and dreams are different but me personally i didn't want to spend the rest of my life like listening to a boss and you know, helping someone realize their own dreams. I wanted to, I wanted to do my own thing, you know? And the single best thing I did to make that happen was to get out of debt. Now I never imagined David, it was going to be this, like that was not on my list. But the reality is, is, you know, when I started getting out of debt, people started asking me for help and they were just saying, Hey, like you've been sharing your story, how life-changing this has been. Like we're struggling too with a lot of the same things that you were like, what did you do? And so I just started helping people on the side and wasn't even doing it for money. Wasn't even as a business. And they started doing it and they would come back to me and they would be so excited that they paid off a credit card or they finally have money in the bank or 
they just feel so much better. And that is what I fell in love with is helping other people change their lives. Um, because it's had such a dramatic effect on my life. It's like, I, I can't even imagine I do this for a living. You know, I do this full time now. I work from home. I control my own schedule. You know, I, I can't, I just can't even wrap my head around that. And if I had never gotten out of debt, like I never would have had that opportunity. And it's not to say like, Hey, one day I may wake up and say, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do something else. And because I'm out of debt and because I've controlled my finances and I put myself in a really good place, I've afforded myself the opportunity to at least explore that. I don't have to say, you know what? I got bills to pay. I got car payments to make. I got credit cards to pay. I, I just can't do that. No, I, I've afforded myself to say, you know what? If debt free dad is not my future and I don't feel like that's for me anymore, I can go out and look for something else to do. You know, and that's a pretty cool place to be. We want to talk about true freedom. I mean, that is freedom right there, not feeling trapped. And one day when you wake up and if you want to make a new choice, you can do that. And I, I just want other people to experience that. And, you know, I think a lot of us, like I say, we, we stress so much about money and uh, it's, it's one of the number one causes of divorce, at least in the United States, money fights and money arguments. Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, for, for some people, you know, upwards of, I think a recent, I, I forget the actual source of this study, but uh, we just talked about this on our podcast, but over 50% of the United States population now says that one of the number one contributions to their, you know, mental health problems is, is money problems. And that's what's yeah. contributing to a lot of that. So I just, I don't want to be here. I just want to help people because it's like, I'm just a normal guy. Like I drive normal cars. I don't live in a big house. I don't wear fancy clothes. I don't do anything real outside of the ordinary than another typical family would do. I just handle our finances different and it's completely changed our entire life. And, you know, I'll give you one thing that personally I've went through. Uh, my uh, wife had given birth to our daughter, uh, Avery. And she was born with special needs. She was born with hypoxic ischemic encephalopathy, which essentially means she lost oxygen during birth and it caused a brain injury. This is the same type of injury that, you know, uh, causes things like epilepsy and cerebral palsy and things like that. And uh, my wife had a completely normal preg pregnancy. Like it wasn't even on our radar. Like this was going to happen and it just kind of showed up. And, um, but because of how we managed our finances, because of the businesses that we started, because we controlled our own time. Over the last five plus years, you know, I've been able to really focus on my daughter, really focus on her therapy. We be, you know, she stayed home with us that entire time. You know, they they didn't expect that she was ever going to go to a normal school. This year, she started in a normal school. So I think, you know, because we've afforded ourselves the opportunity to do those things. Like, I mean, it's life changing. Like, I can't, I can't say for certain. Like, would her outcome been different if we were in debt? But I can tell you, like. I don't know how I would have handled it being in debt just from a financial standpoint. Like you, I mean, down here in the United States, the insurance world and medical bills yeah. are crazy down here. You know, oh, no. you know, I don't know how we would have been able to get through something like that, but we did get through it. And not only did we get through it, but she's, she's thriving and we're still working on things. We do therapy every week with her still. And, you know, there's a lot of things that we're still going to get through, but she's in a much better place. And I contribute a lot of that to having control over our finances. Um, it just, it just, again, is, it has leveled up our life in so many ways. And and that's where it comes from. That's where the passion comes from is I just want to help other people experience that. Uh, whether it just be less stress, whether it be just you don't want to work as much and you want to be home with your kids more, uh, whether it be you want to go on vacation more, you want to travel more, um, wh whatever. I just want you to be able to live a better quality of life by having better control of your finances. And it's, and it's possible for so many people. So again, going back to your podcast, I love how practical it is. I feel like every time I listen, there's something I can do today, like right now, based on what you talk about. It's not like big, you know, big themes and way out really far from what you can do practically. And you just learn like, how is this even going to apply to me? I have no idea. Yeah. You, you guys really do hone right in and give us something that we can do right now. So to give them a little taste of what they're going to feel when they come to your podcast, can you give us something practical as dads? as examples to ourselves and to our family that we can do right now. Like I'm thinking one that I think I heard you talk about is just, just understand all these miscellaneous little subscriptions and automatic things that come off your credit card. Yeah. Do you have any idea how many you have? Do you have any clue? Probably no. Yeah. You, there's just these come off and you're like, oh yeah, 15 bucks, 20 bucks. You're just like, but by the time you add those all together, you're like, do I really need these things? Right. So that's something I'm learning by listening, but anything we can do right now as a dad? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the best things that you can do, and I, I give people this uh, to do all the time, and it's one of the most effective ones when you're first starting out, 
is if you're someone who is stressed about your finances, you're not sure what to do, you're not sure where to start, the, one of the best things that you can do is become more aware of where your money has been going to begin with as you get started. So what a lot of people will make this mistake of is they'll start their first budget or they'll start paying off debt immediately, but they don't really understand quite like what's been the problem to begin with, you know, where's the issue? And for a lot of people, they're not really paying attention to where they're spending money. And I wasn't either. So what I would suggest right now, after you listen to this podcast, spend a couple of days, spend the rest of this week and, and go back over the last three to six months of your spending. And if you want to be an overachiever, do 12 months. All right. Print out all of your bank statements, your checking account, your savings account, credit card statements. If you're using any sort of like, um, like down here in the States, I know like PayPal, obviously, or Venmo or any of these cash app, like any of these like other forms of payment, essentially like print them all out, get everything and everywhere. If you're spending cash, you know, using, you know, normal money, get your receipts, make sure you're keeping your receipts ongoing and really start looking at where your money's been going. And for so many people, in fact, Dave, I haven't had one person come back to me and say, nothing surprised me. I knew exactly where my money was going. <laughs> it's it's always the opposite, always the opposite of, holy cow, I can't even believe what we were spending on X, Y, or Z, or how many, like you bring up subscriptions, or how many subscriptions we had going out, or the amount of money yeah. we spent on you know, going out to eat, or we became more aware of how much food we were throwing away out of our refrigerator because we weren't planning or using it properly. Like there's so many, you know, you think of a, a ship, you know, a lot of us have these holes in the ship and you know, you just, you just, you know, all this water is coming in. We got to start plugging these holes because for a lot of us, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, a lot of that spending is impulsive. It's wasteful. It's emotional. If you're stressed, you might be buying things because it makes you feel better in the moment. You know, you, you really want to kind of hone in on, okay, what, where are the, where are the leaks in our bucket? And which ones are we willing to plug up? Now, I'm not saying cut everything out of your life because I don't agree with that mentality. Um, yeah. You know, I think I think you just need to start being more purposeful and intentional. And that's one of the best ways that you can start seeing, okay, where's that money be going? And then ask yourself, okay, if we cut these things out, how could our finances and our life improve? What could we do? Could we build our first emergency fund, which we talk about a lot on our show, is so important. Yeah. Could we pay down some of our credit cards. Can we start putting the money away for savings for uh, an uh, upcoming purchase that we know is coming up or, or or whatever it could be, you know, but start asking yourself, like, how could we now use this money to better our life? And um, that's one of the best things that you can do as you're getting started is just being aware of, of where that money's going. I was telling my wife um, about an episode where you guys were talking about if you have a choice between uh, shelter and utilities to keep your, you keep the lights on at home. Or your credit score, what's more important. And I love that you guys said you you really need to take care of yourself and make sure you have a home. Yep. Make sure you have power and all of that. You have somewhere to sleep at night. No use being out on the street and having an amazing credit score. So and I don't hear that quite often. I kind of hear the opposite yeah. a lot, Brad. So, yeah. so can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah, I think, you know, for a lot of people, um, the whole credit score thing this and this is a topic that really irritates a lot of people right it gets people fired up yeah right i love it it used to yeah. get me fired up too i used to you know it's one of the number one uh when we talk about like what our parents taught us the number one thing that my mom i can still hear her say this you got to have a good credit score right it's the number one financial piece of advice i think that she always told us and i was the youngest of three boys so i heard it for years right <laughs> so yeah you know, when I became an adult, that became the most important thing for me because that's what my mom said. Of course, I'm going to trust her. And I had an excellent credit score, a great credit score, but I was so broke and I, I didn't have any money, didn't have any savings, uh, was living paycheck to paycheck, stressed all the time, but yet I had this great credit score. So, you know, to the financial industry, I look great because, man, this guy's a great user of debt. <laughs> He's perfect at it, right? Hmm. And that's what I think we need to realize what a credit score is. A credit score is literally just the financial industry giving you a score on how well you make payments. That's it. It doesn't, you know, a high credit score doesn't really mean anything other than that. And I think sometimes this there's this pressure, there's this there's this put on by the financial industry of you have to have a good credit score in order to be credit worthy for a good mortgage rate or renting or whatever it could be. Right. And, and that makes sense. But the reality is, is that we put so much pressure on ourselves that when we get stressed about our finances, when things get tight, let's say it's a really tight month and 
like you brought up, we now have to choose between paying our rent or our mortgage or the light bill or paying a credit card. I can't tell you how many people I've worked with that have skipped their rent, their light bill to pay a credit wow. card. And wow. now, and and the problem and the, and the challenge with that is, is like, okay, well, what happens next month if you can't do it? And the next month, now all of a sudden you've put your home at risk. And now how do we get that caught back up? So, you know, we talk about taking care of, we call it protect this house, protect your house with all costs. You know, you so what you want to make sure you're prioritizing, you know, your rent, your mortgage, your lights, your utilities, water bills, you know, hydro, all of that, um, you know, prescriptions, things that obviously are going to, you know, keep you healthy. Uh, transportation is obviously uh, a necessity. Now, if you have a super huge high inflated car payment, that's, that's a different situation, right? We're talking, you know, just reliable transportation, not you know, super luxurious transportation or anything like that. And you just want to make sure you're prioritizing your food. Like the, when you're going through your budget or when you go to, through your, your expenses, like you want to make sure those things get prioritized first before anything else gets paid. Because like you said, you know, Dave, it, it allows you to fight another day. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll work on the credit cards later. Let's take care of home first. Let's make sure that stuff's taken care of. And then we'll figure out the credit cards later. Um, and, uh, but it's, it's, it's so many people, will put so much weight on that credit score that they're so worried about missing a payment that they will skip out on some of those other things. And that's when things become uh, more stressful because essentially you're, you're cutting off your own financial legs at that point because now you're putting a lot of those necessities at risk. And then the whole idea around status. And I think I heard on your podcast where somebody uh, got a rental car at Christmas time and put a bow on it. And gave it to their and brought their spouse out to say, "Look at, I got a car." And they're like, "We got a car." Well, it's a rental. I just want to mess with the neighbors. Right. I love that. Right. Um, but yeah, what a great what a great gift idea is to go spend a bunch of money, and your spouse has no idea. Yeah. That you just went and bought a vehicle. Yeah. Without their knowledge, that's a great way to say I love you. Uh, <laughs> I you probably want to have that conversation before you go buy a vehicle. So, yep. um, it's all about status, being seen, being, finding our identity and what we have what we purchase, what we present to the world, social media, the vehicle we drive, the size of our house, again, our clothes, everything. It's all about status, right? So how do we get out of that hamster wheel of trying to be acceptable to the to the world, but meanwhile, drowning in, in debt to get to that spot? Like, as, a, as an example to our family, how do we model better behavior to our kids? What do we do? This is... Um... I don't have any one thing that you can do that just fixes yeah. that. Yeah. A lot of us, as we get out of debt, as my members have gotten out of debt, the thousands of people that have helped get out of the debt, the, that mindset shift happens during the journey. Okay, It's not something that you can just turn off overnight because I dealt with a lot of that too. I like when I lost my first, well, I shouldn't say my first house, my second house. I lost my second house to foreclosure. Luckily, I was able to short sell. This is when the housing bust happened here in the States, you know, 2009, 2010, all that. And I was so ashamed of that. It was the first time I'd ever missed any payments. So that credit score that I was so proud of was now getting damaged. And, you know, I, I just, I felt so ashamed of myself. But the reality is how foolish I, that, that thinking was. It was one of the best things that's ever happened to me because it really got me to sit up straight and get my finances under control. And- the reality is, is other people's opinions don't pay your bills. They don't, you know, so many, so many people are out there trying to keep up with other people. And, you know, there's so many people that are struggling. A lot of times you're keeping up with someone who's just as broke as you are, if not even more broke. Right? <laughs> and so, yeah. you know, I think what a lot of people need to understand is, is the real like numbers around money, you know, overall here, you know, over 60% of people can't afford a $500 emergency without going into debt right now. And that number hasn't changed since 2017, pre-COVID, pre-major inflation. It's been the same, hasn't changed. Uh, seven out of 10 people are living paycheck to paycheck. That number hasn't changed since I've been doing this business for eight years. Um, you know, the amount of debt people are in, the car payments and all that stuff. Like it, the reality is, is like as we teach our members the reality of where everybody is, a lot of people start to realize like, wow, a lot of people are just broke. They might look good. They might have a shinier wrapper. But for the most part, a lot of people are just as broke as you are. And I've worked with uh, financial coaches that work with people who are even making seven figures. They're making over a million dollars a year. And we have, we, I used to be in masterclasses with these financial coaches. And 
a lot of them would say, you know, because they would be on the West Coast, California, areas like that, where you have high cost of living, much bigger incomes and things. And they would say the same. They would say, it's amazing. I've worked with people who make $50,000 and these people who are making over a million, their bank accounts don't look any different. They they have nicer stuff because they have a bigger income, right? But the reality is their financial health on the back end, it's no different, you know? So, you know, income does not determine financial health. It's how you manage the income that you make that determines financial health. And so I think, you know, for a lot of us, we we get to that area of not giving a crap what other people think in our own way, in our own time. Right. Yeah. For some people, they don't really already care what people think, but a lot of us, a lot of us do. I did. And I think I just started to take more pride in the fact that I had less financial stress. I was able to sleep at night. Uh, I mean, even today, I'll post TikToks, Dave, about what we do or even our podcast. We get negative feedback still about our podcast and stuff like you guys are crazy. You guys, you know, you can't live without debt. You can't you can't live without a credit card. You always have to have a new car whatever. I mean, we hear this stuff day in and day out. I battle these people all the time. Right. But I look at it from my perspective and it's like, hey, I love my life. And yeah, I used to live like that. And I know what it's like to be on that side. So I want to be over here. And I'm willing to decrease the material stuff in order to live this way. And, you know, um, there's a couple of things that we share on in our uh, roots um, with our roots membership, which is our paid membership. And one of the um, one of the resources that we share at the end of the uh, core content that we teach is the five regrets of the dying. And uh, this was a blog post that was put out by a, a lady by the name of Bonnie Ware. And mm. she put this out many years ago. She actually wrote a whole book on it. And, and, and of the five regrets of the dying, none of it, none of the people who were on their deathbed regretted, I didn't have a nicer car. Yeah. I didn't have a bigger house. I, I didn't make as much money as my neighbor or my brother or my friend. It was really the free stuff in life that they regretted not prioritizing being happy, um, being willing to stand up for the, what they wanted in their life, uh, making friendships a priority, um, you know, really focusing on things that they were passionate about and things that they loved. You know, that's not what people are looking back on their lives and regretting, but it's amazing how much we will take time and spend trying to keep up with so many people. And, and these people that have lived a full life that are now looking back, none of them are talking about any of that stuff. So I think, you know, opening up people to these types of ideas and these things, I think gets people really kind of thinking different. You know, my wife just passed away back in, you know, March, you know, it's been about eight or nine months now and I'm going through this in my own journey, you know, and, and realizing that even the little amount of stuff that we had and that she had, it means nothing when you're gone. Right. Nobody cares about it. I've had yeah. to clean out so much stuff and get rid of so many things that, cause she's not here anymore and donate, and you know, give to family that, you know, things that they wanted and, you know, the reality is, is none of that stuff, it means nothing when you're gone, you know, but it's amazing how much we'll spend stressing about it, chasing after it, wanting it, um, letting it even destroy our financial lives for it, you know, and um, the reality is stuff just doesn't matter. It's it's the stuff that's free. And when you have your finances under control that you can focus on more, that, that's where life is. That's pretty awesome. And that's the perspective I love about your podcast is you bring that out in your episodes. And the other thing that I love on your website is your debt freedom planner. Can you yeah? Can you talk about this? Because I think that for for my wife for Jenna and I, that's one of the, our starting points around our conversation on how we're going to do better. Yeah. Again, where our kids are out of the house, we're in a different stage of our life. There's a little bit of flexibility and freedom there. Just yeah. There's the two of us now. Yeah. So that's going to be one of our main go-to things, but talk us through that. Yeah. So I, uh, I created this planner out of reluctancy. My, my members kept asking for this and I was just like, no, no, we're not going to create one of these. And what ended up happening is our members were starting to create kind of their own made up debt freedom planners. Right. And so they were, they were buying these binders and putting these things together and they were sharing them and it was pretty cool. And, and finally they were just like, can you just make us one? Like, cause some of us aren't very crafty. Some of us don't know how to do all of this. I don't have a printer. Like I want just one that I can just purchase. Right. So what we did is we, we gathered what, okay, what do you guys want in this thing? And so the purpose behind the debt freedom planner is to have all of your finances in one place for all 12 months of the year. So you get your monthly budget, you have a spending tracker. 
You get your yearly expense tracker. You have a vision board to create your financial goals. You have monthly financial goals to kind of break those yearly goals down into smaller chunks so it makes it more manageable. But the reality is, is it, it just brings more awareness to your finances on a daily basis. Um, we also have a, a little tool called the five daily financial to-dos. And there's just five little things that you need to do every day. I think one of the biggest mistakes a lot of people make that say, oh, I want to take control of my finances. I have to spend hours on this stuff every day. And the reality is, is you don't have to spend hours. It literally can come down to like 10 or 15 minutes a day. And and we give people those tools of, okay, these are the these are the five things I want you to do every day with this planner. And with consistency and discipline over over a time period, you will see major improvement with your finances just by tracking, looking at your finances. We give people a free course on how to use it, the things that you need to focus on. And it really is just that kind of guide and that, well, I guess, from a sports analogy, maybe a playbook, so to speak, of of how you're going to gain control of your finances and how you're going to improve things. And it, it really gives you a really good picture of where your financial life is and then what you can do to go about improving it. Can you give us an example of one of those five daily to-dos? Yeah, one of the biggest ones is the fifth one. Um, look ahead at future expenses. And I think this is okay. this is probably one of the areas where uh, that gets most people into debt is, is that we just are really bad planners. I used to be too. And still, even to this day, not always very good at it. But, you know, it's it's getting people in the habit of what's coming up. Like, for instance, we're, you know, holidays are approaching right now as we're recording this. You know, for a lot of yeah. people here in the States, people go into debt over $1,000 during the holidays just to afford those expenses. Mm -hmm. Well, the last time I checked, you know, Christmas is December 25th every year. It hasn't changed. But it's amazing that <laughs> we we still <laughs> fail to plan for it, right? <laughs> Wait. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah you're right. right. Yeah. But so it's it's just getting people to, like, forward think future pace essentially and say, okay, what's coming up next month? What's coming up over the next three months? What's coming up over the next six months? And even what's what's coming up over this next year? So that way we can kind of come up with a plan on our monthly budget of saying, okay, we want to go on this vacation next summer. How can we start saving for that now? So that way we don't have to use any debt or not nearly as much debt in order to go and have fun as a family and do the stuff that we want to do. Um, so it's really giving people just a, a really good uh, tool every day just to remind themselves of what's coming up down the pipeline. Like for instance, I'll, I'll use tires as an example. A lot of people say like, well, I had to get new tires. It was an emergency. No, it wasn't. Right? <laughs> I mean, you drive a car, there's wear and tear in a car. You knew the tires are going to wear out. This was the lack of planning. Right. right? Yeah. So again, it's, it's just little things like that. When the kids go back to school, you know, what do those expenses look like? Holidays, birthdays, anniversaries, vacations, uh, car insurance premiums, irregular expenses that only happen a few times a year. Just like all of these things that happen that tend to show up when it's least expected and they cause a lot of stress on your life. So it's like, how do we start capturing those things now? And this kind of goes hand in hand with that little to do I gave you in the beginning of, you know, going back over the last three to six months or even 12 months of your expenses to see where that money's been going. So you can capture those every year because you know, they're going to come up. How can we better plan for them? I guess the other thing too, again, coming close to the end of the year, we do the gift giving and there's always birthdays during the year as well. And, you know, the presents have all been unwrapped. All the wrapping paper has been stuffed into a garbage bag. And which is crazy that we spend money to wrap a box <laughs> and then throw away the paper that we just bought. Yeah. It's been used for minutes, you know. But anyways, uh, that's a side tangent. Anyways, we, we spend all this money on others and then everyone's happy, smiling. They'll go and do their thing. And then we get the bill two months later yeah. or a month later for the gifts we gave, which we've now forgotten about the joy of giving the gift now we have the pain of paying for it. And I remember one of our first Christmases where as a family, we were, my wife and I were able to smile at the end of it going, we know that there's not going to be a bill in January for what we just celebrated in December. Yeah. And that was what a great feeling to know that everything under the tree was paid for. Yeah. For the, for the first times ever when our kids were small. Yeah. And it, that sense of regret, buyer's remorse, all of that, that happens when you're throwing everything on a card. And you want to be generous. I just, I'm trying to figure out the connection between going in debt to give to others. Yeah. Like it's like, I don't, what is that deep seated yeah. thing about going into debt to, to make someone else feel good? I think if they knew how much we struggle yeah. to give them the gift that we want to give them, I don't think they would want it. Right. I would be like, take it back. Yeah. Like I, you're, you're having stress for me. I don't want you to have stress. Take the thing back. Thank you for thinking of me, but yeah. no. Well, I, I think a lot of that comes just from 
you know, the overwhelming amount of societal pressure, marketing, advertising of the holiday season, um, you know, even to the extent of my kids are going to go back to school and they're going to hear about all the stuff those kids got. And if they get less, like I'm going to feel like I'm a neglecting parent and that I didn't give them enough. And so I think there's this, this just overwhelming, you look at social media, you look at, man, TikTok is big on this. You know, you look at these, these, some of these videos out there of these, these creators, if you want to call them that, or, you know, creating these magical holidays for their family. And it's so extravagant, right? And if you're constantly filling your mind with that vision and that, that information and that message, you're never, it's all, you're always going to feel inadequate because how, who, who, what normal average person keep up with that? Nobody, you know? So I think, you know, we, we have to come to grips with the fact that that is a very extreme situation. That is not the norm. And if you look at the advertising, you look at the messaging that's out there, that's all you're seeing. You're either being told, um, what you have isn't good enough, right? Or you need more. That's what, I mean, that's what marketing and advertising is telling us, right? It makes us feel bad for what we have or what we don't have. Yeah. And, you know, so, I mean, if we're, we're constantly filling ourselves with these messages, uh, I think a lot of us just feel a, an overwhelming amount of guilt. And I think that's what eventually gets us to spend more money or even like, you know, like I'll give you a perfect example. As your kids get older and you probably know this, Dave, you know, the presents become smaller, but they become more expensive. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I just want a phone. Yeah, just a phone. Just a phone. Right. But then what mm. do we say? Well, they don't have enough to open. Right. <laughs> they don't have enough I to open. I want the tree to look big. Right. I want all the presents under exactly. the tree. Right? Yeah. We yeah. need to look yeah. big. We need to like, right. And, and how many of us fall for that? We just buy a bunch of more stuff just to have them open the stuff. But then, like you said, the presents are open. The wrapping paper is in the garbage already. And then, you know, a few days later, a few weeks later, much of the stuff that they had isn't even being played with anymore. Yeah. Um, we just did this statistic. I wish I had it right in front of me, but it was about toys, kids and toys. And it was a crazy amount of like here in the United States, the majority of the toys are sold here. And it said of kids, I want to say it was like over most average, the average amount of toys a kid has is like over, it was like over like 200 toys. And <laughs> the average kid only plays with like, I think they said under, it was like under 10 toys. Yeah. But what, like how much? So again, you know, it's like, again, bringing when we're constantly filled with this message of more and consumerism and, you know, we just fall in line like this herd mentality. That's why it's important to get yourself around other people who are thinking different, doing right. things different, taking a different path, filling your mind with information that's challenging that status quo. And I think that's what more of us need to do because if you keep following the herd, the herd is broke. You know, look at the statistics of people who are living paycheck to paycheck. If you keep following that, you're you're going to keep being broke. You got to step aside to that. And the reality is, is, I think for, and we talk about this on our show, you know, I think a lot of kids and they don't even notice. They don't. I think we, as parents, put a lot of our pressure on ourselves to to give it this extravagant stuff and have all this pressure. I, I think for, for most kids, they're pretty happy with what they get, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's some that won't be, but, <laughs> but I think, I think for most kids, you know, and especially if you're having conversations with your kids about your finances, I think that's important too, to open up the door about where you're at as a family, like, Hey, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're doing okay, but we also want to do better. So we're going to kind of hold off a little bit on these big Christmas or whatever this might be. And we're still gonna have a nice Christmas, but it's just gonna be a little bit smaller because we're going to do other things and we're going to focus on other things. I think kids appreciate that honesty. And honestly, I think you're, you're setting them up for success because you're, you're showing them like, Hey, this is, this is what adult life is going to look like. And, um, you know, we're doing different things as a family to get improve our finances and we want to teach you those things so you can have some success too. Yeah. And when you look back over the lifetime of your children at home, you get about 17 or 18 summers, Yeah, 17 or 18 birthdays, and then they're off doing stuff. They're at college, university, they're gone out of the house. They're not under the same roof as you as parents. And you're like, you look around at all this stuff they leave behind. Right. You're like. That's all I get after all these years right. and they're on doing their life now. And I have a closet full of their things, yeah. which we got them as gifts, which they didn't take with them. <laughs> right. They left here. <laughs> so now I'm like, well, why did I spend money on these things yep. that they didn't even want? They don't want all those puzzles. Right. We bought them puzzles every year. <laughs> I got a stack of puzzles, missing pieces and everything. Uh, I don't know what to do with this stuff. Right. So 
again, you pour into them. You just want to give them things. You want to show your love to them. Yeah. But I think as you're saying is if you could be there for them. Yeah. Big time. That's probably more meaningful to them yeah. and more memories around you being there yeah. than what you put in their lap as a gift. Right. I, I, right. that's my, obviously that's my hope. You know, I, I look at like, so my mom, uh, passed away 15 years ago and she, I, I can say like we had a, my parents weren't wealthy, weren't super wealthy, but we had a nice Christmas every year. And I can remember some of the gifts that I got as a kid. Some of the, you know, obviously you remember some of the stuff you got as a kid. But I can't remember the overall majority of the stuff that I got. But what I do remember is when my mom, because she worked part-time and she made it a priority to like, you know, be with us kids as much as she could. And I remember the drives to school more and the conversations that I had with my mom more than I did of any of the stuff that they ever gave me. And so that's one of the cool benefits of me being out of debt, running my own business the way that I do is that. You know, I wake up with my kids in the morning. I'm there for breakfast in the morning. I'm there to take them to school, drop them off at school, pick them up, be the first person they see. And, you know, I get that my kid, my older son is 13 or 14. And, you know, he's at that age where he's too cool to talk to dad about some things. And I get that. But just being there sometimes and and yeah. just showing up and being present in his life, showing up to a lot of his uh, sports games and, you know, doing all of those things with them. We do a lot of camping. Um and uh, that's something that we've done for years. And our kids have loved that. And we've camped so much because I can literally work from anywhere. And so our kids have been able to get off their technology, get outside, play with kids, get dirty, get, you know, the the dirt and the trees and, and have fun. And my kids have just loved that, you know. So there's a lot of cool things that we've been able to dive into to give them more experiences like that and to have that connection with them. Um because again, when I was in debt, when my son was first born, you know, he was, he was two when I lost my house. I mean, there were days he was at childcare for like 12 hours because I was working, you know, 50, 60 hours a week, you know? And so getting out of debt was one of, that's one of the cool things. And it's not just about your kids, but you earn so much more time back, you know, yeah. not having to work so much, but then also just the mental time. Like I don't have to spend so much time worrying about all my finances. I can now take this time and, and pour it into other things that I actually like doing. That's, that's a lot of fun. Yes. So, so Brad, I could just talk to you all day, and I know that that's not possible <laughs> well, because you have that. other things to do. <laughs> um, but seriously, I, I I keep talking about your podcast because I'm finding so much value in it, and so much. It just it's an, an amazing show to to be a part of as a community member listening to your podcast. So, yeah, um, I really want people to connect with it. Yeah, and if they feel like I'm pushing it, I am because I think you need to listen to this show. Again, the spirit of it is just so welcoming and you're not judged as a listener. Yeah. You're not judged in community. You're supported. Right. So if you're going to spend some money somewhere to help you get out of debt, I personally think that being part of your community and finding like people who are on a different path than society, yeah. which is telling you to spend to excess, it sounds like your community is more about supporting each other and finding real answers to getting out of debt. So yeah, absolutely. Again, yeah. Yeah. And I think that, that is one of the things that we definitely do is, you know, I realize like I'm, I do truly feel humble in that sense that I am just a normal guy in our community. When questions are asked, it's not like Brad's way or the highway. You know, I, in yeah. fact, I actually don't comment on a lot of the questions right away because I want our other members to share their experience and their opinions. And sometimes those opinions are different than me. And I think that's totally okay. And then there's times where people share an opinion and I'm like, you know what? I never even thought about that. That's actually a really good point. Um, you know, so I don't claim to be a money expert by any means, but what I am doing and what I am able to help people do is improve their habits, their choices, and their behaviors and their mindset. And if we can do that, um, your finances can, can improve drastically. And so, and that's what we try to put in our community is just that, Hey, this is a safe place to ask questions, to celebrate wins, to talk about struggles that you're having. And uh, we're all normal, everyday people here. There's nobody that's above anybody else. And we're all here to help and support you through this. And um, it's really cool to be around other people who are really getting those wins, especially if you're new and you're like, wow, like, look what these people are doing in here. We can do this. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's just so encouraging. Um, oh, yeah. Before we go, Brad, can you just talk a little bit about your co-hosts and who they are? Kind of introduce us to them for a new a new listener, because I love yeah. I love how you guys all go back and forth and talk to each other. Yeah. It's such a great environment. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So I think for um, 
the show, what we wanted to do, especially this year and every year, we, we want to make it a little bit better, or a little bit different, make some changes. And, um, you know, what we want to do is, is give people a, di- a diverse set of co you know, hosts that are on the show of people from different backgrounds. And like, for instance, we have, uh, we, we brought Katie on this past year. Katie is, uh, actually an old high school friend of mine. Um, and she went on her debt-free journey. She's a, she's a single girl and she did this now for the last five plus years on her own. She started out, uh, when she started the program, she was only making $13 an hour. Wow. And Katie now has uh, paid off over $120,000 worth of debt. And wow. she maybe has, I think she's said about 18 months, maybe two years left until she's uh, debt-free. Uh, or she's right around that area. Uh, we have Chris. Uh, Chris Hawkins uh, actually is a formal f- financial coach. Uh, we actually started our businesses together. He realized that it wasn't really quite for him, but he still loves uh, financial health. He still loves talking about it because he's uh, a big advocate for this and how it's changed his life. But he actually retired as a school teacher. And he used to teach high school students about personal finance. And he's done that. Wow. He did that for 13 plus years. And uh, he retired and he decided he wanted to open up an ice cream shop as his retirement job. So he he owns uh, his own ice cream shop now. And he talks about it from his perspective of like, look what I'm able to do now in my retirement years and focus on things that I just love to do and enjoy life and spending and traveling time with my wife. And, you know, so he's at a different stage. Uh, we have Amber. Amber is actually uh, from Canada. And uh, she too, yeah. And we wanted to bring on Amber because we've got members in Canada. We've actually had members from all over the world join our community. And, uh, you know, we brought Amber on because, again, she she shares like, hey, this isn't just like a United States thing. Like this is – we're dealing with these same issues up in Canada too. And right. uh, her and her husband uh, joined our program. They were actually one of our first members in our program. And uh, they saved and paid off over $54,000 in 20 months. And they've been debt-free now for five-plus years. Bought their first wow. house. They wanted to buy their first house. That was one of their goals. They're there now. Um, and she's been working with uh, Debt Free Dad now for uh, seven plus years, and uh, which has been awesome. Amber's been a, a great team player, and she's one of the reasons why this business has succeeded as much as it has. Um, and then I've got uh, Ryan, who's my brother. And the reason I have Ryan on is because he was one of the biggest doubters that being debt free was possible. And uh, we talk about that often on the show. In fact, I try to dig into him as much as I can because I'm like, <laughs> look where you are now. right? <laughs> yeah. And so we tease each other about this. But, you know, when I first started getting out of debt, he's like, you're crazy. Like, you can't do that. Like, you're always going to have credit cards or, you know, he was just of this mindset of, you know, just buy stuff now, enjoy it now, you know, wanted to look good. And, you know, he talks about that perspective on the show a lot about where he used to be. And now after like, eight years of a lot of hard work, him and his family are completely out of debt now outside of their mortgage. And now he works for my company full time now as of June of this last year. So he's been with me about coming up on six months. And so we're like making like these huge transitions, but he he's, you know, he's, he's got several kids now that are going to college. He's got one college or one kid that uh, graduated from college completely debt free. Uh, he's got oh, uh, two others, great. two others that are in college now going through college, going to be graduating probably at least, they're thinking completely debt-free. So again, we we have these people that have all kind of walked these different paths and, and been where a lot of people are today. We have a single person. We've got people who have been married, people who someone who's retired now. And they, they used to live paycheck to paycheck, and now we're just sharing and saying, hey, look, we've all made these changes over the years. This is where we're at now. Like, let's go. Like, here, we're going to show you how to do this stuff. And uh, we're all real-life examples that it's possible, no matter where you come from, what you do how much you make and what kind of debt you have, because we all come from that different background. And in true podcasting fashion, Brad, can you please promote your podcast as we close off? Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to listen to the debt free dad podcast, which by the way, I would agree with Dave. Like I think one of the best things that we do about our show is we, we help people get this light bulb to go off. And, and I think if you're looking for some fresh new insight on money and you want some hope, uh, I would go to our website, go to debtfreedad.com, click on podcast. You can also search the debt free dad podcast on all major podcast platforms. Uh, and subscribe there. We would love to have you as a listener. Uh, we got plenty of ways that you can interact with the show. You can join us on uh, social media. You can send us an email. If you got questions, things, we like to take some of those questions, make them into podcast episodes. Um, and uh, we would love to have you. And I think if if you join soon enough, you're going to start feeling like Dave here, who's like, you know what, we can do some of these things. And, and the truth is you can. And uh, we, we would love to have you there. Brad Nelson from DebtFreeDad.com, everyone. A great podcast. Again, I'm going to keep telling you. I'm going to keep telling you. You got to go listen to the show. It's amazing. You will fall in love with it. 
Brad's going to come back on our How to Podcast series as well to talk more podcasting and again, promote his podcast to that audience as well. And uh, Brad, I'm so thankful for your show. Thankful for you for seeing the need for this and that you can help in small ways. And those small ways compounded by a large audience is just getting better and better and better as you do what you do. So thank you for what you do. I don't know if you hear that often enough. If you don't, you need to hear more often. But as a listener to your show, I just really appreciate you and your co-hosts and what you do for us. And uh, just as as an audience member, I get to speak on behalf of everyone else. Thank you for what you do yeah. on Debt Free Dad. I appreciate that. I mean, literally, that means so much. You're like, you know, you know, running podcasts and running your own business, it's a lot of mud you got to walk through. And to, to get the appreciation that it's helping people out there, it, it makes it so worthwhile. So I, I really, really appreciate that, Dave. Okay, everyone, your new favorite podcast, you know, just after Dad Space, because, I, <laughs> hey, you know, I kind of want to keep this podcast going too. But no, Debt Free Dad is your new favorite podcast for all things money and community. Um, think about joining the community as well. You're going you're gonna to fall in love with this, this group of people. So, Brad, thank you so much for being on Dad Space. Yep, thank you so much. Awesome. Everything in the show notes, everyone, you know how we do this. Uh, And uh, definitely reach out to Brad and his community. Connect as soon as possible. Thanks, Brad. Hey, thanks for listening to Dad Space today. I'm so thankful that you were here for this episode. If uh, you like the show, please let another dad know. Hey, (laughs) that kind of rhymed. Anyways, uh, share the episode out with somebody in your circle who would love Dad Space. That means so much to us here for our guests who donate their time to be on the show. And we just want to see this grow. So, again, another rhyme. Oh, wow. Anyhow, I <laughs> um, think I need to write a song or something. Thank you for being here for with Dad Space. And again, looking forward to the next episode. Look forward to having you here again with us. And if we can help you in any way, if you have a great guest idea for the show, a topic that we you would love us to cover, we would love to do that here on Dad Space. So thanks for listening and thanks for being part of the community. And to you, Dad, thank you for listening and thank you for sharing Dad Space. Catch you on the next one. Take care. <laughs>